Attention, Denver, Colorado, and Portland, Oregon. We will be heading to your neck of the woods at the beginning of September. We need your help figuring out the best places to load up on local beers. If anyone's interested in a meetup or an East Coast, West Coast bottle swap, please let us know so we can work that out. We will be in Denver on Friday, September 2nd, and Portland Tuesday, September 6th. Hope to see you guys in your local watering holes. It's brewery episode time again. This time we're talking about Yingling. You've either heard of them and enjoy it, or you have no idea what we're talking about because they don't distribute to you. Don't worry. We're here to tell you all about America's oldest brewery. See, there's a thing right there. The learning's already started. So you might as well come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. What's up, guys? Oh, just almost literally jumped out of the car after a road trip back home. Oh, gone to go see see the parental units for a, for a 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I got to see Casey briefly at a uh, 4th of July, well, not really picnic, but a nice little cookout thing that was going on. Nice, nice. And I am trying to figure out what to do with the disgusting amount of beer I have bought in the last two weeks. <laughs> you kind of blacked out at a party source? No, it wasn't just party source. Uh, it, <laughs> at another local local joint, Depths, uh, kind of got uh, the low down that they were clearing some stuff out. And it was uh, $12 a case of beer. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, that was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean most of it was out of date stuff, but by out of date I mean it's still perfectly drinkable and fine. Yeah. Like it was technically expired, but it's you know it wasn't in danger of being skunky, I don't think. Right. Yeah, we'll find out shortly because a lot of it has been loaded into the fridge and will begin its rotation. Wow. Uh I'm not Okay, I would say I haven't bought that much beer lately, but I did end up having to buy a case for a uh, co-worker's party. Hmm. Uh, I knew there was going to be a whole lot of, like, Bud Miller Coors stuff there, so I came in with some... Uh, I didn't want to be, like, overly... Like, oh, here, try this bizarre whatever, you know. <laughs> have this tangerine IPA. I knew Come in guns blazing with some stone and joy by. That, that, that would have been hard to sell. So I came in with some fat tire. Uh, figured that's some nice, the like, universal, yeah, yeah. No one's gonna, no one's gonna complain about it. And all of that went away before the end of the night. 
uh, I did also because it was it was a sort of birthday party thing for this guy. Uh, I came in with some KBS to let people try out. Oh, uh, so my 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 horde of KBS is dwindling. But in fairness, I don't want to keep it forever. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be practical about it. So it's meant to be enjoyed, right? Uh, and I enjoyed a little too much that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but uh, anything else been going on, guys? Anything else cool or exciting? Um. Well, <laughs> now that you mention it, um, I'm trying to think, we had a few things going on down at Braxton that we'd gone to. Oh, uh, the barrels or barrels bottles are reserved that I get to go pick up tomorrow. Oh yeah. They did. Oh, I don't have the link up in front of me. It oh, was um, did a barrel aged saison. Uh, three different it, three different variants of a saison. But it was in uh, barrel aged in wine barrels. Oh yeah. But they aged them for a year. So and given that the brewery's just over a year old, they plopped this stuff in the barrels right yeah, after wine. opening the doors. Yeah. But uh, ones in a white wine barrel, ones in a red wine barrel. And then I think they did the white wine barrel with blueberries added is the so third one. The so red, was, white, and blue labels. Yeah, you know. <laughs> red, white, and blue. <laughs> so they released it for the fourth. Yeah, so the, the three different variants. America, America. <laughs> it's, it's part of their heritage series, and it's called Union Saison. And the three variants are Rogue, Blanc, and Blue, which blue being B-L-E-U. Blue. 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 <laughs> See now, like when you say like the the union, I'm just picturing it instead of being a birica, like it's it's the Union Jack. It's oh. Scotland, Wales. Yeah. While Scotland still is letting them, you know. Yeah, give that time. Now that they've got a, <laughs> right. a better claim to leave, they're gonna they're gonna pack their shit up and be gone. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so the the rogue is the saison aged in red wine barrels. The Blanc, obviously, white wine barrels. And then the Blue is the blend of red wine barrel and white wine barrel aged Saison with blueberries added in. Okay, so, like, they aged it halfway in one and halfway in another? Or did they, like, cut a barrel in half <laughs> and put white and red together and just... I think they poured... half into one, half, like, yeah. You know, oh. they poured, you know, some from one barrel, some from another barrel, added blueberries, shook it all up real good. Because I'm that, really liking the idea delightful. now of cutting a barrel in half and then just sort of duct taping it together. <laughs> I don't think it'd have the same effect as much. You don't know that. Could be some leakage. <laughs> duct tape all no, around the barrel. Not with duct tape, yeah. If you can't duck it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and get this moving then. And uh, oh wait, no. There's one thing I wanted to know about. Oh, okay. So I heard today there was uh, another encounter. No, there's nothing that impressive about it. The Nazis showed up again. <laughs> um, my my boss had a word with him because he skipped out in his bill twice, which I'm pretty sure oh that's gosh. how the the Germany revolutionized their their economy after their depression <laughs> in World War One. When the Nazis <laughs> took over, they just didn't pay for anything and saved all their money. Um, but they he showed up. I I, I had like four people keeping eyes on him while I had to do other stuff, like trying to do it covertly. So no one was like, you know, but, uh, and then, uh, the other, the other bartender came on to relieve me. And I, uh, I was like, here, you 
you just take care of this guy. He'll be here for a while. And then I warned him like privately. It's like, he's he skipped out on some bills. Keep, you know, just make sure he doesn't do it. I'll tell you the rest later. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and on my way out, the Nazi looks at me and he says, uh, Hey, do you think I should uh, try to induct uh, this other guy here into, into my, into my, my power movement? Uh, just what you, you do you, sir. You <laughs> follow your heart. Yeah. Uh, so like that, that was the extent of it, but I just saw it again. And as soon as he walked it, like I saw him sit down, I went, not again. No, <laughs> I, I don't have the energy for this. Oh, uh, God. like he's been kicked out of every restaurant. In, like, why won't they just like tell him when they see him come in? No, you're not allowed here. Get out. Whatever. That's it's a different problem. Let's move on to news. All right, yeah. move, moving on. <laughs> All right, first story. This one coming out of Mexico. Uh, Mexico. Apparently, uh, Mexican beers are a lot, uh, a lot more popular than I was thinking. I mean, I sell a lot of Coronas, like a lot of Coronas. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, when I first started drinking it, that was kind of the area I was in. But article saying, uh, well, the headline is reading, America's taste for Mexican beer sucking up water supply, Mayor says, because there is some contentious points where the brewery is claiming no. But a brewery satisfying Americans' thirst for Mexican beers, such as Corona, is sucking so much water from wells and arid in an arid region near the U.S. border that it has left one municipality bone dry, according to a local mayor. In all caps, we have no water for human consumption. Yeah, the the all caps is a weird choice. Uh, like I have to assume he was shouting. Yeah, I, I mean that's all I can take from that. This was a uh, mayor. Oh. Leoncio Martinez Sanchez. Leoncio Martinez Sanchez. I, like, I was like, oh, I can pronounce this. I know a lot of Spanish names. I've never seen Leoncio. <laughs> <laughs> or my, no, I was like, Leoncio sounds good. I was like, is it Lancio? But that's Italian. Never mind. <laughs> of the municipality of Zaragoza? Zaragoza. Zaragoza. Wrote in a single sentence letter to the state oh, governor. I didn't notice. So he wrote this. So he just... In all caps. It was just like, ah! Yeah. I do imagine it was handwritten. He just, like, wrote it in all caps. Just, we have no water for human consumption, but in Spanish. So, no tengo agua de... I don't know the other words. (laughs) (laughs) I have all basic basic Spanish knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, um... Zaragoza is currently suffering through water shortages so severe there's barely a drop of water when you open the tap, Martinez told The Guardian. Uh, A nearby brewery run by U.S. firm Constellation Brands currently draws water from wells drilled to a depth of 500 meters, and Martinez said that plans to increase production at the plant would aggravate the current situation, especially as federal government ramps up plans for fracking in northern Mexico. Ooh, yeah, that that's so bad. Not, not only will they not have water, but potentially the water they will have will explode. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, not not always, but if it's done improperly, yeah, that's the... It's definitely a bad side effect, or a bad yeah. possible consequence, I suppose. Right. 
But yeah, uh, we're worried because we're already being impacted by the extraction of 1,200 liters of water per second. The brewery, he said, is contradictory that while Constellation Brands has industrial amounts of water to make beer, the, municip- the municipality doesn't have 100 liters per second of water to give people to drink or use in their own homes. So, okay. I know breweries have to use a lot of water. 1,200 liters of water per second. That's like, what, 600-ish, you know, you know, two-liter bottles of, of whatever soft drink you're you know thinking of in the big jugs. I think like 200 of those, 600 of those every second. Yeah, and Kate, we brought this up at the party that we were at with Casey, and that he mentioned you know the rate and how much water it takes to make so much beer, and you lose so much of that liquid during the process. Yeah, but uh, yeah, things according to their mayor, things don't look good. <laughs> now, the the brewery, which. They bought the plant in 2013, and they announced a $2.27 billion investment to expand the facility and a glass factory uh, into the area, which is uh, just a little bit south and a little bit north-south-east of it. Uh, they they claim that they're they're pulling it from their own personal aquifer, is that aquifer? Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. And that they're replenishing it at a rate greater than the amount that they're withdrawing. It's recharging at a rate faster than it's being withdrawn to make beer. Yes, this is what they're claiming. And that once they get the facility upgraded, they're going to be recycling 30% of the water they are using. And they will yeah. be bringing 2,500 jobs to the area. Right. Their, their case is they're not actually touching their water and that they would be in these drought conditions anyway. Yeah, uh, the brewery spokesman has a quote that says, these are erroneous comments. Uh, oh, hold on, no. I want to see if I can try to say this brewery spokesman's name. Cesar, uh, Cesar Isildro Munoz. Sure, we're uh, going with that. <laughs> sorry, just like it's all like, that looks like it'd be fun to say. It wasn't as much fun as I hoped. Oh, I think sorry. it's Munoz. Munoz. It looks like a tilde above the end. <laughs> Munoz is a little bit more fun, but not still not not what I was hoping for. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, he's, anyway. saying, he's saying even if the brewery did not exist, uh, Zaragoza would still have water problems. He yeah. added the brewery was built in an area with an abundance of water that the local aquifer, yeah, is re- what you said earlier, is recharging at a rate greater than it's being withdrawn. And then for those, oh, um, because we did, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but those unaware, this brewery is the one who makes Corona and Modelo. Yes. One of, yes. Well, yeah, but the, I mean, it's like the main thing, I think. Right. No, they, uh, they're one of the biggest beer exporters. Uh, Mexico has become one of the biggest beer exporters in the last two decades, and the U.S. imports more beer from Mexico than all other countries combined. That's a little... Wasn't expecting that, but at the same time, like I see a lot of Mexican beer for sale, so I suppose I'm not that surprised. Uh, so that's really, really unfortunate, and I wonder what they're going to do to, if they can do anything to alleviate this issue. I mean, yeah. if they're expanding, it just seems like 
according to the mayor, the problem is going to get worse. Yeah. But he's uh, and he's even he's fighting his own government because they are bending over backwards because the company is bringing jobs to the area. Right. Um, yeah, that it, it just it, it seems like it, it really sucks. Obviously, but I, I I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a water scientist guy. I don't know. I don't know which one is right, but I understand where the mayor is coming from because they look and go. There is a giant plant that's just guzzling water while we are in drought conditions. This doesn't seem seem fair. Yeah, but but according know. to them, they're pulling you know their their share of the water, which would not be going to the town anyway. I don't. It seems yeah. like they would do something to try and smooth things over. Like, oh, here's so like start piping them some of the water. I don't know. Yeah, like they have a thing that says like northern Mexico is an extraordinarily dry area and has extreme climate conditions. It doesn't have a lot of rain and therefore there's a lot of water scarcity. Even though Mexico has a constitutional mandate to have water for everyone, we're still privatizing it. We're still giving concessions to private entitlements on the premise of bringing jobs. That's what the water uh, people in Mexico are saying about the about their reasoning for it. Um, but like. It just seems, you know, I, I get, you know, you want to make, I guess, authentic Mexican beer, so you have to make it in Mexico. But, like, whenever I think of Mexico, I think of, like, westerns, and there's no water there. It's just <laughs> desert and tumbleweeds. Yeah. With small little villages, which is not accurate to how Mexico looks, I'm sure. It's just what I always picture, because I watch a lot of westerns. <laughs> it's kind of doubly a smack in the face, because they're, they're taking all the water from this municipality in Mexico to make beer to ship to the U.S. Yeah. To quench our thirsts for Mexican-style beer. Because we're jerks. (laughs) All I can think now is, like, man, we're kind of the worst. Um, (laughs) Pretty much. All right. Well, let's move on because I've become depressed. All right. uh, (laughs) Next story is not much actually of a story. Like, there's this nice big article about Roanoke and brewing there and how things are going great so many companies are coming there yes yes all great grand um i feel like every every uh article about brewers and roanoke is one big like man roanoke is fantastic yeah they're Uh, just like oh man the tax breaks oh this is fantastic out here which i'm sure it is i'm not saying it's not all i'm saying is when i see that it's just very much like Every everything is like, oh man, Roanoke is just just the bee's knees, <laughs> and like it just feels like they lay it on a little bit thick in this article. Yeah, uh, the whole article is just about how fantastic Roanoke is, but uh, really, what we wanted to talk about briefly was the fact that there is a rumor that has begun circulating from very credible sources that Lagunitas is looking to build a facility in Roanoke. That would be that would be pretty interesting. So yeah. Roanoke has really become the where all the West Coast brewers have decided to populate into the East Coast. Because I think Lagunitas also, yeah, they're, uh, they're California-based. Yeah. But I know they yeah. have a, a facility in Chicago, yeah, I believe. Yeah, they, they're based out of Petaluma, California, but they um, there is one in Chicago, I believe. Yeah, and, and they, they do distribute. Very yeah, widely, so this all would just make yeah, this would just make it 
easier for them. Yeah, the larger quantities of their beer. There's still a lot of their beers. Like, we'll see badges for a lot of their stuff, and those beers never make it to this market in time. Yeah. yeah. So this will probably uh, speed that up. Yeah, it's not like, if if, that, if the rumor w- were to be true, it's not like it's a bad decision in the least. We've seen it, you know, clearly everyone else seems to be making the same decision <laughs> from the West Coast. Right. So I, As we, as we make idea. the Asheville of Virginia. Right. <laughs> Which seems to be uh, uh, not <laughs> pleasing a lot of people in Asheville. <laughs> okay, I did tell some friends of mine that were from Asheville. Or one is from Asheville. The other married into Asheville, I guess. Um, but they had said, like, yeah. Like, I told them, like, yeah. So apparently they were calling Roanoke Asheville of Virginia. And they went, what? <laughs> the hell I, you say? Yeah, they're like... It doesn't make sense. Like, well, it's because of all the beer thing. Like, yeah, I guess, but still, like, that's a weird, a weird thing to say. And I was like, I, you know, man, I, I, I get it too, but, you know. Like, if you're really into the beer scene, it probably makes a lot, a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, it was funny because his, his, his wife totally thought it made perfect sense. She's like, yeah, no, that sounds like a good compliment because, you know, they got a lot of great beer down there. <laughs> Tell to the guy that grew up near the area. He's like, that's a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very odd statement to make. But yeah, there's this sprawling article about Roanoke's uh, beer scene uh, from Brew Studs with a nice uh, infographic. And I really recommend you all check that out. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, they so talk about show. Deschutes and Ballast Point and whatnot going right. over there. Yeah, they have a re- they have a nice timeline laid out for how this all really began in 2012 with everyone starting to move over there. There's one glaring exemption. Uh, Delatters is not mentioned at right. all. Yes, they are snubbed in this article because <laughs> everyone knows everywhere Deschutes is, Delatters will follow. Uh, I'm sure people hate this joke by now, but we're, I we're can't stop it. It's matter. a sickness. <laughs> and the joke will be around as long as this podcast is around. <laughs> and I refuse to apologize. <laughs> yeah, all right, then. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and squeeze into the next story here which has been something i've been following with great interest for a few weeks you you've had like your your like little sleuthing sh- you know shoes it's, and magnifying glass out right it's been great I would, okay this is uh for those of you who don't know uh sweetwater uh brewery they had how okay let me there was a, a beer heist two yeah. tractor trailers of beer were stolen from the brewery Literally, Drunk- the title of the article is The Great Sweetwater Beer Heist. <laughs> it was Drunkers 12. <laughs> I See, I want it to have been like this alcoholics version of Ocean's Al- Eleven. <laughs> Alky's Eleven. <laughs> but uh, the article has been a crazy week for Sweetwater Brewing Company in Atlanta, Georgia. Last week, the brewery came to work to find nearly 80,000 bottles of beer missing. That's so, slightly so- more than a couple of 12-packs. Okay, first of all, a brewery is a building, so the building came to itself to find, sorry, It's syntax. all encompassing. You kind of get it. I get the it. The employees I... came to work to discover that all that hard work was gone. Right. But uh, it turns out thieves stole two flatbed trucks full of freshly bottled Sweetwater beer. It's roughly worth $90,000. Yeah. That is... That is a lot. That's, That's a punch in the gut. Yeah. Like, they, that is a big hit. Uh, I like this article because he gave, and we were talking about this before we started recording. It's they a give timeline. A, they give a full timeline, which becomes interesting. 
As this week winds down, the beer has been found, and the investigation continues. We touched base with Sweetwater in order to give you a timeline of what happened. So, uh, on 6.20 at 4 a.m., the overnight shift finished loading refrigerated trucks with newly packaged beer. One truck was to be transported across the street, literally across the street, for tackle box repackage, uh, which is done manually. The second destined for United Distributors. And another article I'd read talked about this is a lot of the beer was prepackaged because it was for a uh, variety pack. Oh, but yeah, yeah. it was going to be for like uh, 12 packs for the variety pack, but they weren't separated yet. So it was going to, all the variety packs were packaged with only one kind of beer in that pack. And it was going to go across the street to another place where they would then separate all the beers out. So, so that you had the full variety in each pack, which was one way they were saying you could identify if you had a stolen pack. Oddly enough, I feel like part of me would love that job. It just seems mindless and tedious. I'm going to let my mind wander while I just repackage beer. Yeah, I'm like sure after hand. you know a few months of that, you'd probably you know shoot yourself or something. I'm just saying, you know, a quick like two months in temp work there. I feel like I could just like oh. That or by at month three, like my brain is drizzling out my nose from lack of use. <laughs> but all right, uh, we move on to the next day, six twenty-one at nine a.m. The crew discovers two flatbed trucks are missing. Alerts the office staff. That's dun, at nine a.m. Six twenty-one at ten a.m. Atlanta police are contacted. A whole so, hour where they <laughs> yeah, don't call the police. A whole hour, but. You have to imagine what, this is my thought at least, on what was going on during that time period is that at you know at roughly 9 a.m. someone went, oh crap, the trucks are gone. And they they called everybody in that they could and said, check the property nine times over to make sure, you know, call everyone to see if they had to be moved for some dumb reason. You know, the, it's just a miscommunication. They're like, everybody, all hands on deck, see if we can find this right now. So that's one way this could have gone. The way it goes in my head is at 9 o'clock, two crew members discover and they alert the police, alert the office. So let's say that takes 5, 10 minutes. And then for the next 50 minutes, they're all just flipping out, throwing papers in the air because they're frantically confused. <laughs> uh, just running around like chickens with their heads cut off until at about 10 o'clock, someone goes, Should we call the cops? Either way, at 10 a.m., someone did finally have the presence of mind to call Atlanta police. At noon, Sweetwater, so two hours later, Sweetwater contacts Martin, or Martine, I don't want to say that, uh, the flatbed owners uh, pull the GPS coordinates, divulging everywhere the trailer has been since leaving the brewery. So, okay, it was a private contracted uh, company that was transporting it, and it was their flatbeds that went missing. Hmm. But by 3 p.m., both trailers have are discovered, abandoned in separate locations in South Atlanta. By 5 p.m., using the GPS history, 10 pallets out of the 40 missing are found in a random warehouse. You imagine, like, they're just like, all right, everybody, we don't know where they went. Just check every warehouse in town. And they just <laughs> open up one and went, guys, I found 10 pallets. How many we have? How many we're missing? 40. Well, we're a quarter of the way there. It's a little bit short. Uh, the next day, 622, uh, tipsters contact Sweetwater. A man approached her on the street attempting to sell her Sweetwater beer. 
The information is passed to Atlanta police. Surveillance footage catches the alleged salesman driving in a yellow truck cab. Uh, and then there's a picture of it in the article. So, so I, I like to imagine this is done one of two ways. A guy comes up, walks out of his car in a long trench coat, opens <laughs> up his coat, and he has bottles of beer lining him going, you want some beer? Hey, hey, you want some sweet water beer? <laughs> I got what you need. You want you want some, you know, some of our IPA? You want some of our ale? Uh, the other way I picture this going is they, they, they pull up in the back of this car. You know, someone comes out there. It's like, oh, man, you got the stuff. And they pop up in the car, and they're like, I got all the beer. No, I wanted hardcore narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then they just like, oh. And so they try selling it to someone on the street. It's so odd that even, like, they were trying to sell it illegally on the street like that when it's like, man... Any gas station sells it. What are you doing? I can go to the store. Maybe not this week since it's all in someone's car, but. (laughs) All right. Then uh, the next day, Sweetwater contacts a private investigator who works with the Southeastern Transportation Security Council at and the Georgia Bureau of Investigations uh, Major Theft Unit. These folks began assessing the APD. Within 24 hours, the remaining 30 pallets are located. As of uh, 629, the beer comes home to the brewery. Special thanks to APD, GBI, special agents, and cargo theft investigator Bob Hastings of SETSC who tracked down the remaining stolen beer. Don't you just feel like we just spoiled like an episode of NCIS for someone or or Law and Order? <laughs> oh, it will be. I guarantee you. I guess it wouldn't be NCIS. It's this- not military related. But like no, one of like those the- shows, like I mean- we just broke down the timeline of what happened. I'm picturing like just a CSI style thing. Like they come in, they're like, "What happened?" And like, looks like this drink is on someone else, and they either take off or put <laughs> on sunglasses. Just awful. Yeah. No, I want to hear the Law and Order. Dun dun. Yeah. Dun. Every time that you've said a, a bullet point of the timeline, I'm just, I just I hear that all going on in my head. <laughs> Noon. Dun dun. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sweetwater's uh, Tucker Berta Sarkeesian tells Beer Street Journal that the brewery is working with their insurance company, but as of right now, the $90,000 comes as a loss to the brewery as none of the beer can be resold because its whereabouts, while it was missing, cannot be accounted for. They don't know if it was tampered with. They can't resell it. And that's a huge sting to them because it's lost revenue, it's lost work. and then beer. Yeah, to everywhere it was going to be delivered to, it's a loss of the beer. Which they now have to that order is the, all those orders are lost. They have to get to it and start you know burning the midnight oil to replenish those orders. But there are going to be a lot of places short beer. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be a little tight if you're a big fan. If you're a big fan of a uh, Sweetwater beer, <laughs> it, it, you may not get your usual usual allotment. But yeah, uh, this article continues on with a conspiracy theory. Because as they point out, the flatbed trucks did not have uh, truck cabs attached to them. So you at least needed an 18-wheeler cab to (laughs) steal these. (laughs) If not two in this instance. Yeah. But uh, they do have the surveillance uh, picture at the bottom of this article. You can see the cab. Uh, I guess that's, you know, mainly what led them to this bust. But, yeah, it really sucks for Sweetwater. But we did get an interesting story out of it. And they at least recovered everything and figured it out in the end. Like, I mean, they they probably it doesn't say they did, but I like to think they caught the guys. 
Yeah. Uh, All right, another, now I'm getting a Scooby Doo reference in my head. <laughs> another article that I've read said. Uh, all the beer has actually already made it to a recycling facility where it's a uh, zero landfill facility. Like, they make sure that everything brought there does not end up in a landfill. Hmm. So absolutely everything from those pallets of beer will be recycled in some manner. Well, that's good. But, I mean, yeah, it's still the loss for them still sucks. I mean, yeah. what a weird – it's such a strange story. It's just <laughs> – there's no – What were these people trying to get yeah. out of it? That's uh, – what were they going to do with stolen beer? It's not like it's prohibition right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't under... Like, apparently they didn't even know when a guy... T- like, they were able to recover all but a few cases of beer out of 40 pallets. Yeah. Like, they had to have, like, put that in, like, ridiculous positions to try and sell it. Like, I just... I don't understand what went through these people's heads. And the fact they had to, you know, the logistics involved with having to get an 18-wheeler cab... To even steal the flatbeds full of beer, I, and it, like in my head, I thought like, well, maybe they wanted to try to take it over, you know, over, you know, wherever they, you know, into a new distribution area and try and sell it to someone who can't get it normally. But they didn't. They yeah. went into they just their same the area <laughs> and just tried to sell it off the street. Like what? What the heck is going? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm confused. I'm angry and confused. Let's let's just move on into Untapped. I'm, real quick, uh, oh. they would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling ADP, GBI special agents, and cargo theft investigator Bob Hastings. Yes. Hastings. Oh. Sorry. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! And we have more reason to get riggedy riggedy wrecked because untapped. No, no we don't. I've I've been riggedy riggedy wrecked <laughs> this week. It was untapped has given times. us a core badge update. Uh, we actually were all Ooh. voting on these because you can always uh, check it out on Untapped's blog. They let you vote for what are going to become new core badges. Um, but we were suddenly this popped up. We're like, oh, I voted for that. All right. Yeah, I voted for yeah. two of these <laughs> or three of these actually. But uh, new new badges that we have, uh, we have Iron Man, check into five different beers with the style Strong Ale, American Strong Ale, English, Belgian Strong Dark Ale, Belgian Strong Pale Ale or Lager, or a Euro Strong. It goes up to level 50. And um, since these are core badges, you've got till forever. Strong. Strong like beer. <laughs> Wheel of Styles, I've actually seen a lot of people already getting this, I'm guessing because it's kind of a retroactive, as soon as you check into another beer, it'll, it would pop. Uh, check I, in. I don't know, this is, oh, except for Wheel of Styles, they are not retroactive, never oh, mind. Okay. Oh, okay. Reading is not a strong suit. <laughs> uh, but we Wheel of Styles things. is to check into 20 different styles of beer. I realized on mine, I went to check them on that, and I've got 7 out of 20 so far, <laughs> it, because it's retroactive. Mm, yeah. Um, our next one is Trekking the Alps. Check into five different beers from a brewery from Austria. Which I'm so, like, yeah, that's going to happen. Oh, well, that'll be a little easier <laughs> than some of these. Uh, yeah. Next one, uh, Pint of Pride. Check into a beer from five different venues categorized as gay bar. So that immediately bow, I stopped bow, and I was like, are there five gay bars around Cincinnati? And it's like, I'm sure there, there are. There easily are. Like, I, only I know, know of at least two. I say, I know of one, and that's the crazy thing. Well, comments. if you guys hit a couple up there, I know there's at least two or three down here in town. 
I want that badge. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's just got no! the pride flag on it, and it's like this beer that's like beaming. <laughs> if I if I break into the song Gay Bar, are are we going to get flagged for a copyright? Probably um, not. I guess if we don't play it, <laughs> everybody look up Electric Six Gay Bar. Everyone just knows do yourself it. a favor. I, I wouldn't be so sure everyone knows that. I, I feel like there's a whole new generation of people that have no idea how fun that song and video is. Millennials. All right. Uh, next one is on a roll. Check into a beer at five different venues categorized as sushi restaurant. I voted for that, this one. Sorry. That sounds like a delicious thing to do. And the the badge is so cute. It's like the bottle is a sushi chef. And there are <laughs> fish trying to escape his uh, his cleaver. Fish. There seems to be one form one form of crustacean. Yeah. <laughs> Either prawn or shrimp or something. One well, the shrimp, I think. But yeah, no, that makes me want to... We have a really amazing sh- um, sushi place near us, like within walking distance, that I always want to go to, because I could eat sushi like every day throughout the day. Right. And no, so I'm, I'm on I'm board with, with this. with that, too. Yeah, like, I could just live on sushi and be pretty happy. You'd be pretty broke, too. Oh, yeah. Well, they do half price sushi every day. <laughs> every day? Is it as really half price if yeah. it's that way all the time? Yes, because as, as long, it's as long... The, the stipulation is you just have to eat in, because sometimes you can get the sushi to go, and they have other food that isn't obviously half off. So if you specifically go there for sushi and eat in, then yes, it's half price. But if you, mm-hmm. like, take it to go, or if you get other food, it's just normal. All right. It's real. It's awesome. I mean, like, it's such an affordable place to go for sushi. Well, the next, the next badge, if someone is able to get it, they have earned my admiration for life. I, I will give them a hug. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's a thing I don't give out. Going on safari, check into five different beers from a brewery from Africa. Most other badges like this are for a country. This is for an entire continent. Yeah. And it's a cute little badge. I mean... He, yeah, he's he's going on safari. He's wearing his little hat. He's got binoculars. He's wearing a tooth necklace. I mean... From all the animals he, yeah, he's he been, killed that are endangered in Africa. He's right. been murdering. You got a, you know, picture of Africa in the background. I... Someone tell me where you can find African beer. I would love to try it. Maybe, yeah. maybe Toto knows. I'm going to start looking <laughs> From all the rains. <laughs> Rains beers. I think I'm going to supply the link um, because they don't always include the link on untapped blog entries for the different badges for the voting. So I'm going to put that on the website as well. Yeah, always like maybe vote. on our resources page or something. You can always vote there. Uh, they've always got you know badge ideas up, so you can always go and vote. Yeah, you, know, you can only vote once. So yeah, they've got some new ones like uh, cream puff. Check into five different beers with the style of cream ale. Ooh. Or how about Delicious. Pew Pew? Check into a beer with five different venues categorized as arcade. Oh. I'd say we know two. <laughs> or get them to the Greek. Check into five different beers from a brewery from Greece. See, I don't know how easy that would be either, you know? Yeah, that'd be a difficult one. Oh, E is for Estonia. Yeah, I saw that and immediately thought of T2, T2. <laughs> yeah. Estonian man ruins everything. Ruins everything. <laughs> it's hard enough. <laughs> It's hard enough to find, like, for me to find beers from Finland, my my beloved, as a like, and Estonia is right next Sorry, door. Chris, it's you've been be replaced by an easy. entire country. Yeah. <laughs> he's, to be fair, he's right there with it. To be fair, it's where the metal comes from. Yeah. Mm. So, but no, Estonia is right next door. Like, it's going to be equally as hard to find those beers. Like, I, <sighs> it's just sad. I have to vote for this one. This oh, is one? this is my vote. I'm wasting it on Ich bin ein Berliner. 
Where is that one? It's it's way down on the list. Please tell me it's like oh, jelly it. donut beers. Oh. No, it's chicken to five different beers, the style Berliner Weiss. Oh, oh but that's that's, su- <laughs> that's super so doable. And that's, an, that's another excuse to go to Listerman. <laughs> oh, crap. I have to actually log in. I'll do this later. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have to log in with yeah. your ID and stuff. Like, So, yeah. I, point I of barely people. remember my ID, so let's... <laughs> oh, pizza and brew, though. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Pizza restaurants with beers. Oh, that'll work so, out for Burger Week because uh, Max is doing a burger for Burger Week. Yeah, so, so right. we're already gathering plans for this. So obviously we're excited. Everybody go vote for stuff. Look up the core badges, see how far you are along with the wheels of style, etc. All right. So what's our yes. next badge? Let's get moving. Uh, actual badges that are time sensitive. Uh, Tangier. Tangier all year from Southern Tier. Uh, spicy citrus aromas and stone fruit flavors are front and center in Southern Tier's popular session IPA, Tangier. Originally a, ses- a seasonal, sessional favorite. See? Yeah, sessional. <laughs> yeah, that's what it caught me. I was like, wait, no. Yeah, way. but they didn't spell like it's now available all year round. You're confusing me. Yeah. Is that a I'm... typo? It might be a typo. So, they may have meant to put seasonal. Yeah. But uh, the approachable 4.6% ABV. Grants you more time to enjoy the synergy between tangerine peel and azaka hops. And I like mm. the azaka from Founders. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to like this one because it sounds... I mean, tangerine, we've already discovered, is pretty good in, in pale ales. Yeah. Well, tangerine now may be available year-round. Our latest badge is not. Check into one tangier by Southern Tier between July 1st and August 1st to unlock the tangier all year badge. Hmm. I need to try to get that done. Then that sounds delicious. And that's, I was that's immediately pretty, thinking about that's that. It's pretty readily available for the most part, like their stuff in general. Yeah, right. um, at least for us. Yeah. Uh, the next one, not really that available for us. Uh, Blue Point Toasted Lager. Blue Point Blue. Toasted Lager has a new look, and we're celebrating this with the Blue Point Toasted Lager badge. This amber lager is brewed with a blend of six specialty malts, which result in a crisp taste balanced by a smooth and toasted finish. To earn the Blue Point Toasted Lager badge, and find wait, and find yeah. out why this is a two-time World Beer Cup medal winner. Ooh. <laughs> Check into one Blue Point Toasted Lager between six twenty two sixteen and seven twenty three sixteen. So you don't even nope. have till the end of this month. Yeah, like, you've only got until the twenty third. So if you if this is Jesus, sorry, it's Denang around here right now. Yeah, I'm hearing it, fireworks everywhere outside. The Tet Offensive has begun. Yeah, <laughs> everyone I don't know guess why we go what to Vietnam, we're but... on. All right, but uh, yeah, Blue Point Toasted Lager. If you get it distributed in your area, go get one today because you can get a badge. Yeah. This this picture has no toast on it, and I'm disappointed. It doesn't. It has a buoy. I'm intrigued by the flavor. Um, I looked it up, and we, we have some. Uh, it says they distribute to Kentucky, but Lies. I didn't see anything. It was only in Ohio. But Lies I, and slander. Maybe it distributes to my part of Kentucky. We'll find out. Yeah, you might get lucky, but uh, we at least have some of the Cincinnati stuff that we can go grab it. Alright, so I guess that does it for untapped badges. Yep, I think it's time to roll into topic. Yeah, let's barrel on in. Been on that truck! Been on that truck! Been on that truck! Been on that truck! Evidence is to the contrary. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone's fine here. How so, are you? <laughs> we're good. I do have to point out our topic is Yingling. But 
I thought they had planned this not behind my back. I just hadn't paid attention to what the topic was going to be <laughs> until like this weekend. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's our topic again? They're like, yingling. And I sat down at Pat's party drinking a yingling. And I was like, oh, wait, it's the weekend of the 4th. <laughs> so I was like, were you all were, were you all planning this? It's like, a, yeah, 4th of July, let's do you know the American brewery. And it's like, no, it, it wasn't planned. I'm like, well, crap. We, we're not that smart. Good for we're us, not though. that smart. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, the we're in- just the village idiots ha- just happily stumbling into these coincidences. American Look, Independence a, a drunk- Day weekend. We're doing the oldest brewery in America. <laughs> a drunken clock is right. Sometimes. Twice a day. <laughs> I don't know how many times a day it could move at random. Anyway, Yingling. <laughs> uh, the DG Yingling and Son Company is the oldest operating brewing company in the United States, established in 1829. Uh, It's also one of the largest breweries by volume in the country. Uh, Based on sales in 2011, it tied with Boston Beer Company as America's largest, the largest American-owned brewery. And it's headquartered headquartered in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Another Uh, not fun word to say when you're drunk. (laughs) So it's not worse than brewery. No. Uh, Or Schlafly. Uh, Yingling's produces around 2.8 million barrels annually, uh, operating in two Pennsylvania facilities and a brewery in Tampa, Florida. That's pretty impressive. I had no idea about the Florida thing for some reason. Well, I mean, you got to think versus transportation costs to distribute down that far. Yeah. Yeah. You just open up a brewing facility down there. Well, it makes complete sense. I just I was, I had no idea. Yeah. So, and... In case you haven't figured out, it's pronounced Yingling. It, it looks weird because it's Y U E N G L I N G. It's pronounced Yingling, and it's the anglicized version of Yungling, which is it has umlauts. They when they came to America, they got the umlaut out. Uh, that seemed to happen a lot. Well, like we don't like putting extra dots on our names. We get confused. <laughs> We, I don't actually know how to pronounce anything with an umlaut. I just assume you say it like, you know, you go, ooh, like an umlaut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not far from the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's served me well so far. Uh, originally, it was named the Eagle Brewing Company, and that's why Yingling Brewery is still has the, the, the American Bald Eagle or American Eagle on its... On its things, and I'm I'm assuming they're trying to shoot bald eagles down outside of my window. <laughs> like I say, I thought it was just they put the eagle on there just to be American AF. I mean, just to, because they couldn't put Hulk Hogan on the can. Well, no one can put Hulk Hogan on the can now. That won't sell anything. <laughs> uh, Too bad. I'd buy it. Uh, which you know, you should try to see if you can buy a shirt off somebody. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, previously located in North Center Street, uh, its current site of Pottsville's City Hall, the current site of uh, currently the site of Pottsville City Hall. That makes much more sense. <laughs> I was confused for a minute there. I read this a couple times and kept thinking, like, wait, their City Hall is in a is in a brewery. Sure. This is the best town ever. <laughs> Moving to Pottsville. Yeah. I'm getting into city government there. Uh, no, the brewery was completely destroyed by a fire after only two years of operation, oh. and a new brewery was then constructed 
on Mahanatongo Street, uh, where the op- where operation continues today. Uh, and this is the part of the, the history where we start getting into like Old Testament stuff, where David beget David Junior, who beget <laughs> Frank, who beget other people. Uh, yeah, it was started out by David Yingling and then his eldest son David Junior. Uh, uh, David Junior eventually left Pottsville to establish a second brewery on the James River in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, appropriately, appropriately naming it the James River Steam Brewery. Uh, in 1873, David Yingling's second son, Frederick, joined his father as partner at the original operation, and they changed the name to D.G. Yingling and Son. In the early days, malt from Philadelphia was transported more than 100 miles to Pottsville by way of the Skiokil Canal. Uh, the final brew was then delivered through the region by horse-drawn wagons. Uh, following his death in 1899, his only son, following Frederick's death in uh, 1899, his only son Frank took the helm and managed the business until 1963. Wow, <laughs> 64 years! <laughs> like that man lived forever. <laughs> He was all about some beer. Uh, During the late 1800s, two additional breweries were opened in New York and Saratoga and in New York City, and a fifth was eventually opened in Trail, British Columbia. Over the course of time, all these breweries were consolidated into the original Pottsville operation uh, because of its continued growth and promise. A lot of history there. There's a lot of history. When you're the oldest brewery in America, you get to have some history to you. Yeah. Uh, now, what's interesting is because, you know, during all that time, they're just making beer and, you know, I'm sure exciting things probably happened, but they were they were one of the only, I think the only brewery that was opened before Prohibition. Well, maybe not the only, but they were, one of the they were opened few. before Bro- Prohibition and kept going through Prohibition and after. Yeah. Uh See, see, prohibition during the nineteen nineteen is considered one of the greatest shakedowns in American brewing history. The restrictive period of prohibition forced many brewers out of business. Frank Yingling believed prohibition would not last long, and brewed uh, and brewing real beer would eventually be legal again. He was right, however, it was like ten years, yeah, Uh, actually closer to like eleven or twelve, but still. The challenge facing Yingling was how to stay in business until that day arrived. To survive Prohibition, he started producing three different near beers. The first was the Yingling Special, their most popular near beer. Uh, In addition, they produced the Yingling Porter, a takeoff of their popular celebrated Pottsville Porter. And the third was an experiment with a unique brew produced with cereal beverage called Yingling Juvo. Uh, they attempted to increase their uh, market share to include a wider range of, con- of consumers with this unique beverage designed to replenish their energy. Weird. <laughs> I'd try it. Yeah. I mean, there have been mornings I've considered pouring beer onto onto cereal, but, <laughs> you know, at that point I didn't have milk, but I had beer. Beerios. And I really wanted, and I really wanted some Cheerios. Right. 
Because Snot instructed us all as children growing up how to do beerios. <laughs> or no, it was Booger. Booger, Snot's it's character on American Day. Uh, it was also during this period... Playing with the same person. Uh, it's also during this period that Frankie Yingling constructed the Yingling Dairy across the street from the brewery. It produ- provided ice cream and other dairy products to customers in Shokil and the surrounding counties until it de- business declined and it was closed in 1985. But back in 1933, when the nation's breweries and disgruntled beer lovers finally won the fight against prohibition, Yingling introduced its symbolic winter beer. Not winter. 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 Like chicken dinner. Uh, <laughs> celebrating prohibition's repeal, the brewery shipped a truckload of its popular brew to the White House to show their appreciation to President Roosevelt. Soon after the repeal, Yingling and Sung embarked on an aggressive modernization campaign, uh, quite extensive, including building a new fermentation, new building for fermentation and storage, a new boiler house and brew house, as well as new loading facilities. Yeah, so they just kind of went with it. They They took that opportunity since they managed to make it through Prohibition to really build things up again. Well, you have to imagine they were like one of the only decently known breweries that could put out regular beer again quickly. Like oh, you, I'm guessing, like Anheuser Busch just needed one. to be able to. Yeah, like they went. Like a few other breweries probably could like just shift over, but they were like ready, willing, and able. Like, no, go brew. I've been waiting years for this. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, Frank Yingling, who we just discussed. Uh, was doing the business for six, for was it sixty four years until nineteen sixty three? Well, the reason he stopped is because that was the year of his death. <laughs> yeah, it just kept going until he died. Um, so after Frank's death, uh, management transferred to his sons Richard and F. Dorman Yingling. Um, business was slow around the fifties and sixties. Then there's a surge of growth, uh, national brewers, and a decline in the local market which actually threatened to break the brewery's long and proud record of continuous operation. Richard, who are they called Dick, you know, nicknamed for Richard. Good old Dick Yingling. <laughs> Dick Yingling, Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, credits his survival to the termination and hard work of his father and uncle. I uh, said, saying if, there, if it wasn't for their loyalty, the business during that very difficult time, the company wouldn't be here today. During the American Bicentennial in 1976, Yingling and Son gained national media recognition. Uh, according to Dick Yingling, it was a celebration of the Bicentennial that generated renewed interest in us. Um, during that period, the brewery was placed on both national and state historic registers and officially recognized as America's oldest brewery. I feel like that also has to help in their marketing. Like, I've Oh, yeah. Knowing like it's got that history behind it makes you want to, you know, go to it more than you know other regular domestics i guess yeah and I, I still wonder like how much of it was sold this particular like every independence day especially with their distribution expanding um well like they their style of lager like the amber lager was mm-hmm. super prevalent back in the day but now has to be you know distinguished as a amber lager now right because it was just a lager before or just a beer really um, so in order to maintain its competitiveness in the marketplace, uh, Dick has pers- persuaded brewmaster Ray Norbert to develop additional beers. 
So over the next five years, after 1976, the company added premium light beer, traditional lager, which is the amber beer, and Yingling's original black and tan, which is the blend of its premium beer and dark brewed porter. They don't make the black and tan anymore, do they? Oh, no, no they do. They do. My, they do? Oh, <laughs> I was actually out to dinner with my grandma, and she ordered it at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes. Grandma's my hardcore. My grandparents don't drink. My well, grandma loves yingling. It's her, her favorite like, thing in the world besides I, Sam Adams. Her grandma can catch a deer behind the ear from the bathroom window with a rifle. <laughs> There's I mean. a story. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, my grandma's, my grandma's, like, almost 90 and, like, goes deer hunting and fishing still. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I love her. Um, but yeah, so uh, under Dick's guidance, the brewery has emerged from being a small regional brand to a pretty unique entity. Um, he says that uh, changes we've made over the past few years are bringing, are beginning to pay off for us. New packaging, increased advertising, and an exceptional distributor slash wholesaler network have helped us capture the attention of consumers who are looking for a unique, top quality brew from a small brewer. Um, today, yeah, they're, the they're official, a, sorry. I was going to say that they're a weird half step between like a small local brewery and being like, it, they're like half distribute to, you know, like they distribute to other states, but it's like weird broken up collection of states. Yeah, it's still pretty limited. It's very limited even on the East Coast. Like it yeah. is difficult. You can be a state over from distribution, and it is really hard to find their beer. You Much can like be us. in the same state of distribution <laughs> and still have difficulty finding. Yeah. Um, so uh. the official name today is DG Yingling and Son Inc. Uh, and it's owned and operated now by uh, Dick, Li- G- Dick Yingling Jr. So he's the fifth generation owner. And um, his big thing is actually just kind of running the facilities. So the brew house, the bottling line, the truck docks. Um, and the Pottsville he, facility, the original. Yeah, the original facility in Pennsylvania. Um, he can be found in the lab or for his morning coffee, followed by daily visits to each department. So they have a weird sort of tradition with Yingling. Uh, and they, because it's, it's always like passed down from father to son, Right. Uh, or I guess in the, the current case is uh, father to daughters. Yeah, he said all of, his, all of his daughters actually work at the facilities now as part of the staff. But what they do now instead, like, because they don't hand it down, the child has to buy the brewery for its current market value hmm. from the parent. Really? Like, that's just how they do things. Yeah. That's a little strange, yeah. Like so, like the they have to be involved in the company and like make up their money and and save enough to buy it. So they aren't handed their... anything. Do what? Of... They are not handed anything. They have no. to buy the yeah. family business. I mean, it, it kind of shows you the dedication that they would have in order to even. You know what I mean? Like to continue on, you have to show that you mean it. Yeah. There's no. There's no. You know. Free. Inherit. I, like, I'm sure they get maybe something from an inheritance, I guess. But like, they don't have like a a. The family company isn't passed down. It's like you have to earn it. You're probably expected to work there, but that's about it. Like you're gonna work, and then you're gonna work your way up like any other person. They yeah. they've always kind of been like that. Anytime you actually hear about them, there's a lot of like American dream kind of uh, aura around them. You know. Yeah. So. 
Sorry, when you say that, I just hear it faintly off in the back of my head. I hear America. <laughs> really, because you hear American Dream, and it's just like explosions out my window. And I'm just no, like, oh. I could hear the fireworks right now. Um, America. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So just like any other brewery, because everybody kind of tries to do this. If you're if you're using that much, um, I don't know, that many resources, you kind of find a way to be less wasteful about it. So Yingling's environmental efforts, they recycle all their brewing byproducts. So spent grain is sent to local dairy farms used for animal feed and soil fertilizer. Their spent yeast is used as protein supplement for um, food processors. Their remaining byproducts are converted into methane gas to generate on-site power and heat. So kind of similar to what New Belgium does in reality. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who it was that does else that does that. Yeah, the- New Belgium's like all about the environment. They're going more extreme, I think, than anybody else is. But you know, yeah. good for them. Um, they try to conserve water when when possible. Um, they do recycle all the glass, aluminum, plastics, cardboard, and paper. They purchase material and ingredients locally in order to reduce transportation. Um, they're using fuel-efficient rail delivery of materials, uh, energy-efficient lighting and equipment, and then they also try to maintain a continuous focus on increased efficiencies and waste reduction. And they have a whole link to that um, on their website, so you guys can check that out if you want to read more on that. So this is probably where we should put that little caveat we found. Yeah, the- I guess... This is a good place to put that. It's a little unfortunate. I, I tacked it on the end. Uh, Yingling has made recent news. Um, apparently, yes, because they didn't mention water in any, all, of, any well, of that. Well, they mentioned that they try to they conserve try- and reuse. Yeah, reduce yeah. the, yeah. But uh, headlines very recently, Yingling to pay $10 million to settle Clean Water Act violations. DG Yingling and Son, the nation's oldest brewing company, has agreed to pay almost $10 million to settle Clean Water Act violations involving its two breweries near Pottsville, Pennsylvania headquarters. Wow. Yeah. The EPA. All- when the EPA is involved, you know, it's some, ish- it's some, some stuff's going on. Yeah. And they also had, they had to agree to spend about $7 million to improve their environmental measures. So maybe, maybe all their, their stuff they're doing right now is because of this story. I think that stuff was in place beforehand, but what's going on with this? Because they didn't mention that in their in the measures they were already taking. Mm. Yeah, but they. The, I don't know how 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 recently their up their website has been updated. That's yeah. That's where I'm getting the the the. I don't. But what was brought allegedly uh, discharged pollutants into the Greater Pottsville Area Sewer Authority Municipal Wastewater Treatment Plant. Uh, Yingling will also pay a $2.8 million penalty to the EPA. And this story is actually only a couple of weeks old. Yeah, this is from... June 24th. Yeah, it's not even weeks old. Yeah. uh... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So this is is pretty recent. So I'm betting they haven't updated their site that that recently, but... Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so, okay, so... This is bad, obviously, but like the only the good side to something bad like this happening is that they they probably will realize, okay, we tried our environmental we thought we were doing probably well with our environmental efforts, clearly we're not, so now maybe they'll beef it up even more, you know, and it yeah. could be to do with you know the aging facilities they're using in Pottsville, 
Right. If you see the pictures of it, it, I mean, it's it's obviously an older building. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta work on some of that. And because yeah, they've been in the same building for, for uh, yeah, ages for over a hundred years. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that probably has something to do with it. And again, these kind of stories are bad initially, but they can only lead to better things if they take the right direction with it. If they, if they learn from this and they're like, okay, we need to really beef up our environmental standards. You know, they could probably look to places like New Belgium and other breweries. Because a lot of the craft places try to stick together for the most part. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they in a weird thing where they they can kind of be classified as, as almost under some qualifications as craft, but some people won't call them craft. They, they are. They are technically craft, but that is because literally they change the definition on a yearly basis of what can be defined as craft just so Yingling and Boston beer can still fit under the umbrella of craft beer. Right. They, they are, I was going to say, they are as craft as Boston beer. Now, that yeah. said, right. I drink both of their beers and I find them delicious. But yes, uh, but yeah, that is a thing. The definition of craft beer is changed on a yearly basis just to incorporate those two companies to keep them under the craft umbrella. And like, like that is a caveat that is given to both of those companies. Like, personally, I, I think. I, I, which is, I don't know how to even take this, but like, I would almost classify. It's it's not even craft if you want to go that way because it's pretty much like, the us versus them is really, are you part of Miller Coors or Anheuser Busch? No, craft beer, and that's kind of what it, in reality, like goes down to. Even though, I mean, officially, I'm sure no one's really going to say that, but that's pretty much what it adds up to. Like as long as you're not part of the big three. Then they all, everybody else, kind of tries to stick together and be like, "Yay, craft beer!" So, sorry, I keep being distracted, and I'm just thinking of all the dogs that are currently like terrified for their lives <laughs> the right fireworks. now. See, I'm distracted. Other, just in the back of my head, it's just chanting over and over again. America. <laughs> I'm just like all I keep thinking of like a little dogs into the bed going, "It's the end times." Get down, end pool. Time. All right, uh, let's get into some of what they actually make, because I, until recently, was not aware of everything they made. I've only had, like, two of these. What do they make? Edumacate me. (laughs) Well, if you were asking for the edumacation, uh, everyone knows of the traditional lager, an amber lager in the style of common before prohibition, commonly called pre-prohibition lager, which I think it actually says says that, I don't know if it says it on all cans and bottles now. I know I've seen it on some. Uh, this is the company's flagship beer and what is received if lager is ordered throughout many parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. It is usually sold in green bottles, prominently featuring the word lager on the label, but is also available in cans, uh, brown quart bottles, and 24-ounce cans. It was previously offered in 22-ounce bottles, uh, colloquially known as... Dees Bombers? Dees Bombers, yeah. Uh, Dees Bombers? Dees Bombers! (laughs) The Dees Bomber name is still used for the large cans. Yingling Lager is 4.4% ABV. Nothing that's going to get you trashed, but it's... It's a pleasant... It's 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 almost like a session. It's nice on a hot day. I mean, I had a few at the party we were at over the weekend. Whenever I think of the Yingling Lager, I think of like... I can barely ever find it, and it's, and when I get it, it's like, oh, 
hello, old friend. I think that's yeah. what it is. It's like a commodity. You know, it's like, because especially for us, for us, it, if you live back home in eastern Kentucky, um, the nearest place to get it is West Virginia. And that's actually and really us, close, because that is yeah. uh, the nearest si- proper city is Huntington, West Virginia, and you can get it before you even hit Huntington. As soon yeah. as you cross the border into Hunt- into West Virginia, you Go can to stop the first the gas station. First yeah. gas I'm surpri- station. And you I'm can surprised there's not like a, a, a liquor store on the side of the, the right. on the West Virginia side of the border that just says, you know, it's just called yeah. Yingling. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, for us, we have to go into Ohio, but since we both actually work in Ohio, it, it's not really that big they of a thing. allegedly distribute to this state. I just Liars. can't find it. <laughs> Liars. They, I, we've been told numerous times that every they don't. year they say no every they keep year hoping that they're, they're like maybe they'll distribute next year i've talked to the you buyer know? at the liquor store near uh, us and he has said every year when he asks them they tell him next year it will be available in kentucky in northern kentucky on their site they list kentucky as one of the places they distribute to. lies Lies. I can only assume it's on the western, the, the the lesser half of the state, the western half. But then that doesn't. I mean, because they don't very, they don't go. Very I apologize far west. to anyone from from Western Kentucky. I, I, I can't. I, don't. I couldn't stop myself. Uh, but they don't even go very far west. So like it, that seems odd to me. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. We're able to go. I can go to like Meyer after work and like grab the meanling. So I'm not that concerned. But okay. So do do we want to hear about the rest of the yeah, beers? Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, you have the light lager. It's a low-calorie version of the traditional beer. Yeah, everybody's got to have their light version. Kind of simple. Uh, Yingling Premium Beer, a standard American Pilsner. I have yet to see this yeah, one. Yeah, I've never seen this anywhere. How? It's like a standard American Pilsner. What's premium about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's it may be delicious. Well, And it's in a brown bottle instead of the, the normal green one. I don't know if mm. that... I mean, that, that's got to help a little bit. Well, and then next up, uh, Yingling Premium Light Beer, just the light version of that one, yeah. And for when you're watching your figure, yeah. Uh, the original Black and Tan, I have seen this one. Uh, the Oops. Black and Tan is a mixture of Yingling Premium Beer, forty percent, and Dark Brewed Porter, sixty percent. It was introduced in 1986. And so the next one is the Black and Tan Light, right? <laughs> no, no, you there is. There is no light version of that. Once you introduce porters, there's no such yeah. thing. You're like, oh, let's put a porter in this. There's no such thing as a light porter. It was just the 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 the, the way it was going. It was like yeah. regular light, regular <laughs> premium, light premium, it, black and tan. Yeah, just What's, the black and tan. I've heard good things about that, but I've yet to try it. But they, they do actually sell a lot. That's as, as common as some of the other ones. I like the idea of a black and tan in a bottle. So, okay, I have seen the black and tan, but the next one up, I have not seen it, and I no. am very interested to find it now. Yeah. The Dark Brewed Porter. A Baltic porter with a very Dees-Cola color. Dees-Cola uh, color. Dees-Cola color. I didn't find out what that means. <laughs> appearing almost black in the glass with pale tan head and strong malt flavor, rather than using the traditional top-fermenting ale yeast used in most porters, Yingling's Porter is bottom-fermented. Few mainstream breweries produce this style, originally known as Pottsville Porter. This beer is notable for being one of the few porters commercially available from the late 1960s to the er- to the early 1980s. Yeah, they there there was something I read. One of us, I'm thinking it was an article Brittany had put up, but they talk about the 
you know, the the Yingling Porter, and they're like, I mean, yeah, it's an okay porter. It was the only porter in town basically <laughs> for the longest time. So yeah, I, I've got to try this if they even still brew it. Um, they do because it is, and I, so I've got the website up as we're going over these. It's it says uh, an authentic craft style beer, um, general portion of caramel and dark roasted malts, which delivers flavor and creamy taste with slight tones of chocolate evident in every sip. I would I would hesitate to get our hopes up too much. I'm yeah. thinking it's like a, an old school style porter, as opposed to right what we may be used to now. Well, because it's a Baltic and it's slightly different, as but... opposed to what I'm drinking. I. They've got to still make it because, okay, so one, it's on their website listed as one of their core beers still. And two, if it's going into the black and tan. Black and tan, they've yeah. got to. Yeah, it's got to it, be being made if it's going into a beer that I've seen around. Yeah, they definitely it, sell it, that everywhere. It just may not show up in certain markets. I don't yeah. Know. But okay. Uh, all right. We'll keep this list going. Uh, next up is the Lord Chesterfield Ale. Also, I've never seen this one. Named for Philip Stanhope. Uh, fourth Earl of Chesterfield. Fourth Earl of Chesterfield. This is Yingling's hoppiest beer. This is not a true ale as it is brewed with bottom fermenting type lager yeast. Man, they seem to just be like, ah, we're going to call it this, but use the wrong kind of yeast. Yeah, anyway. Like yeah. the traditional lager, it is usually sold in green bottles, but also in cans, and has an element of corn in its profile. Oh. It is very mm. carbonated and tends to sprout large but short-lived head when poured. As of 2007, Lord Chesterfield is no longer sold in kegs. However, quarter kegs were put back on the market in October of 2008. All right. Also, I had to try real hard to be an adult when I when I heard large but short-lived head. Right, right. See, the Chesterfield thing is funny to me because it makes me think of a book series I like where one of the characters' names is Channing Channing of the Chesterfield Channings. Sure. Yeah. Channing Tatum of the Chesterfield. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, I like best, that one. For the record, best best Channing Tatum role is in This is the End. Yeah. Oh, hands down. <laughs> Was it full S&M gear on a chain? Spoilers. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> With Danny McBride holding the other end of it. Oh, God. I get in that. Okay. But I've, Yingling. I've, yeah, I've, I've at least seen the Lord Chesterfield ale out somewhere. I think if I had it at, also at Meyer, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Yingling Bach, introduced in February 2009. This is a return of a discontinued beer last brewed in the 1970s, according to the company's sources. It will be sold as draft-only spring seasonal beer. Due to its popularity, Yingling Bach was made available for kegs and cases in January 2010. It's another one I haven't seen. Would love to find. And they do not have it on their website listed at all. It may. This may be an old list I found then, but... Well, I mean, they, it could have just been like, "Hey, so this," but officially on their on their main beers, they don't. It's not like the Sam Adams website where they list out everything intricately. Like yeah. this doesn't have their seasonals listed either, so it's possible they may introduce the Bach occasionally. You know, yeah. we've already passed Bach season, so obviously it's not going to be a thing this year. Yeah, right. All well, right, but what we are coming into season for shortly. Oh. Yingling Oktoberfest. Which we actually get here in Cincinnati. They have their own booth for it now. And it is amazing. Produced for the Oktoberfest season beginning in 2011. Oh, that's all I have to say about it. (laughs) Uh, I will say one year, I remember getting a a few too many at Oktoberfest off of a couple Yinglings. Yeah, it's 
It's great. It's a Meritson style. I'm going to go ahead and I'm pretty sure I can say that without having it in front of me. Yeah. And it it's very comparable to a lot of European Oktoberfest style beers you're going to have. I, I would recommend it. I like it, but it's not it's definitely not my favorite, but I like it. It's I like it probably third under Sam Adams. Hmm. Yeah, Sam Adams still for on this side of the pond, it still takes the cake. Yeah, for Meritson Styles. Yeah, for Meritson Style, it is really tough to beat that Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Hoffer House can do it, but that's just because... They're, they're, you know, the OG. Yeah, Yeah, they OG. All right, and our last style that they produce, which we actually got to have, I think it was the last month? Yeah. Uh, The Summer Wheat. Yingling produced the Summer Wheat beer in 2014. It's a 4.5% ABV and is less hoppy. Than the normal brew, it's described as a southern, true, authentic Bavarian-style wheat beer. It's a Hefeweizen. Let's be it, serious. It's a Hefeweizen. It really yeah. comes off. Uh, you know it's a Hefeweizen. But it's, it's very tasty. Honestly, if you get a chance to see it anywhere and grab it, just go ahead. Because it, it's very good. Every time I hear you have a chance, if you have a chance, I just I, I cut to Ferris Bueller in my head. just going, it is so choice. If you have the means, I have <laughs> That's that's so true, though. <laughs> that is exactly what applies here. All right, so let's get into the thing we've been talking about the most about this. Distribution. Because <laughs> they are not everywhere. Where does Yingling distribute beer? Can beer be shipped to me? Yingling answer, current... can beer be shipped to you? No. No, no, no it cannot. Which <laughs> has led me to it. question a lot of things about the beer. I was always saying, oh, sent to us by this person. I'm like, how? How are they sending you some, this beer? Some... Some places will allow you to ship beer to them. Some states don't allow it. Yeah, Kentucky is one that does doesn't. not allow it. Texas, however, apparently they allows can't it. ship like I don't think companies can ship six packs to individuals. Hmm. Okay, I think individuals can ship beer to other individuals, but don't quote me on that. All right, for legal on state. <laughs> Yingling is currently distributed in Alabama, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Maryland, Massachusetts. Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. Who was not on that list? Kentucky. Kentucky. Who do they say they distribute to? Kentucky. Liars. (laughs) But they're, yeah, they're all over Cincinnati. Every time his, um, his sister and her boyfriend come up, they're just like, what was it? Last time we were in Columbus, actually, well, yeah, we he bought my, like three cases of we, Yingling. <laughs> we go up to my cousin's uh, Halloween party usually in Columbus, and they stock up because you can't get it. And I think that's part of the appeal, honestly, is because people are like, I don't, I can't get this anywhere. I'm just going to grab all of this while I'm here and buy the store. Well, Chris, if the demand is present, why won't Yingling enter more states? Yingling is a regional brewery that has manufacturing facilities in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, Tampa, Florida. It is simply it simply is not logistically feasible to transport beer outside of our current footprint. Yingling oh, is proud to have proud to have had ongoing expansions over the past years. The current focus is on those loyal customers that we currently supply continuing to provide quality beer and service to meet the existing demand is what the Yingling family values above growing territory. So it could be part of your family. (laughs) To add this caveat, uh, but for our trip coming up, if anyone, we will be doing bottle shares. We will bring Yingling for bottle sharing purposes on our trip to the West Coast. 
if you happen to uh, want some. You have to let us know this in advance, though. Good yeah, God. I mean, you some, can get it at UDF for crying out loud. Some Doctor Whoian <laughs> things going on. Uh, I'm so like what, looking at the list. Sorry. <laughs> so what is they next? Do have, for, they do have a thing on their site of like you know the beer like, finder. Yeah, beer finder as like, can you find our beer? No, I cannot. Literally every every place you can think of to go in Ohio that may or may not have drinks, like any kind of drink, you could probably get Yingling. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, there's this lemonade stand put on by your cute little ten year old neighbor. Do they have Yingling? Yeah, lemonade. She's selling Yingling. (laughs) It was a really arduous process for lemonade. Five cents Yingling. Whatever Yingling is priced at, I don't. Yingling seven bucks for a six pack. You're like, all right. Seems legit. Uh, I'd love to see little little girls doing beer stands. Is she selling sweet water? Stands. If so, it might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> little sweet water stands. Spring it up all over. Not maybe my house. Of, maybe it's a bunch of kids just trying to rob a... Rob a... Uh, like, somehow they, they put the... They stole... Like, I'm picturing a five-year-old stealing a big, like, rig to... Okay, now it's anyway. getting some Rugrats territory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is next for expansion? There are several exciting new things happening at Yingling. Our Tampa brewery is currently adding a new brew house. The Tampa facility is presently at 450 to 475 barrel brewery. The addition will bring the capacity to brew 675 barrels. Yingling is continuously reinvesting in the company, making upgrades and improvements to ensure that America's oldest brewery will be running for future generations. Growth in regard to geography will depend on our ability to produce and ship quality product. It's uh, actually yeah. a really good ending statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to, to because, round out their thing. Yeah, they're not willing to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a parallel between they're will, they're them They're willing and, to give you bad water, but they're not willing to give you bad beer. Yeah. No, between them and the bourbon industry. And the bourbon industry mm-hmm. is taking the exact opposite approach. Uh, they are not willing to water down their product or compromise it just to get it into the market where there is extreme demand right. to get that product. Even in within states, it's distributed because there are just portions of the states where you cannot find it. And people are willing to travel to find it. Whereas you have the bourbon industry where there is a massive explosion in the demand for bourbon, especially in Asian markets. And the bourbon industry has been, because of the barrel aging that is required, I get that restraint, but they are watering it down just so they can sell more of it to make more money. Yeah. It always does strike me as strange when I think about it, though. I was like, man, bourbon is huge in Japan. (laughs) Right? They've stopped selling the, like, gallon-sized bottles of Buffalo Trace up here. In Kentucky, you can't find the gallon-sized bottles because they're like, oh, no, we talked to the buyer again at the local liquor store, and he just said, no, Asia's will- the markets in Asia are willing to pay triple what we're willing to pay for it, so they are selling it to them. I mean, fair, you know. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Doesn't mean I can't be salty about it. No, you... Yeah. Be, be as well-seasoned and salty as you want. <laughs> that way your hate will not go bad. There's a fine marinade. You're like a cured meat of... <laughs> fine jerky. <laughs> and on that note, what are we drinking? That's got us making weird 
weird metaphors. Indeed. Drink with me, friend. I'll take that opportunity to pour myself a little more. Oh. All right. So since I usually start out, I'm going to say something crazy. Okay. I think this is my favorite stone beer. I'm going to put I mean, that out there. Okay. I need to know more about what you what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with that, and then we're going to get into where we're at. But what is it? I'm across the room. I have to know. (laughs) I didn't talk to you about it beforehand. What is it? So this is Stone's Mocha IPA. Her? Yeah. This is the exact reaction one should have. So... It's it on the description on the bottle. It says a style defying double i double IPA with cacao and coffee. I uh, no. I know okay. it keeps going really with the confusion. So it's nine percent ABV, oh. eighty IBUs, but and the rate beer score is ninety seven. Oh. And I'm gonna go ahead and say yes to that. That's correct. I'm glad this is one we have a full six-pack of. Our normal, you know, you know how I am with six-packs. I'm the one who bought the six-pack, to be fair. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this was well worth it. Um, so when you... I poured it in my, in my cute little snifter glass, because I got a little mad tree snifter glass. And um, <laughs> the it's confusing because you smell it, and with the aroma, you get IPA. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no confusion there because you, it's like it technically is an imperial IPA, or you know, double, however you want to say that. And you, if you swirl it around, you kind of get a coffee note as well, but you mostly just you immediately smell the IPA. Drinking it though, and it pours like an IPA, like it's got a caramel color about it, like a light caramel, like a, almost like a, it has a lager kind of look to it, really. Um, it, it tastes like an IPA on the onset, and then it's suddenly roasty and rich, and you definitely taste coffee. But, like, in a, in a, you taste coffee in the sense of, like, a latte that you would get, which is very strange. Like, a creamy coffee note, like a refreshing, rich coffee flavor, like roasted coffee. But then you, st- and there's just like a slight bit of hop bitterness at the end, like, you know, per standard IPA kind of style. Um, it's confusing the whole way through. We're not going to pretend that it's not. <laughs> but it's delicious, and I, I want to actually grab another bottle. It like, I've in. already finished this, and I want more. It comes in, it hits your taste buds with a blackjack, it leaves it confused, missing its wallet, and <laughs> you don't know what to make of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really, really good. Um, I would recommend. You now, if you're if you're a little wary as to getting a whole six pack, you don't. You know, if you can find the single bottle to do a create your own thing, I highly recommend doing that. If you just want to try it out, or if you want to get it out somewhere, because they're they're now out everywhere. I got this at Kroger for crying out loud. So, if you want, if you see it somewhere that you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll give this a try because that was a weird review. For example, um, I, I highly, I, I would recommend it very highly. I, I, it's so strange because it's like a perfect mixture of their, we, we know that Stone does Porter really well and they have a stout. Like it, it's, the, it's the perfect mixture of their IPAs that they're kind of known for more than anything. 
and they're richer, like roastier flavored things. It's mm. so strange and delicious. Cool. So yeah, so that's what I'm drinking, and I want more of it. <laughs> Need it in your life. I I want to try that sometime. Sounds sounds interesting. That's what I'll have. I will literally buy you a pack if, <laughs> like, as I want you to try this. Hold her to it. I'm telling you, hold <laughs> her to it. I don't All even right. know how much it was. I just grabbed it at Kroger. I want, I, I'm gonna bring out the. Uh, I'm gonna bring out a sound bite at some point. Like Bob, I'm not buying you anything. I will buy you a six pack. All right. Um, Tell the people of the gloriousness that you've been enjoying. So, I've been drinking a beer from Listerman's. Oh, that was the other thing. Uh, when I mentioned I went to a, to a, a, a party where I was bringing beer, I brought Listerman's lemon pound cake oh. as well. Oh, how did that go over? That was a hit. Listerman uh, is a local brewery in Cincinnati. They're actually one of the oldest craft breweries in Cincinnati. They re-sparked the interest in craft brewing in Cincinnati. Because, yeah, we've talked about them before. Yeah, they hosted yeah. the, the uh, brewing club in Cincinnati for years. Well, they they had, uh, like I said, I, I gave out some lemon pound cakes to some people. It's delicious. Uh, but what I have today is their bourbon barrel stout, mm. the Cincinnatus. It's a beer that after it conquers your taste buds, it goes back to farming. <laughs> um, it's a history joke for those of you out there who are up with your, your Roman Republic. Um, <laughs> no, I still love that they use this. The picture on the bottle is the picture of the statue of Cincinnatus, and it has him holding the scroll in one hand to signify, you know, the government and the taking up of the role. And in the other hand, he has the plow still. Yeah, the it it is, it's delicious. It's a bourbon barrel stout. It's a 10% ABV. It has a weird rate beer score. So it's got a 94%, it's got a 94 overall, and then it's got a 46 for the style. I can, the more I've been drinking of it, the warmer it's gotten as the show's gone on. I can kind of understand a little bit of that because as it warms up, it gets drier. Hmm. If you know, like hmm. it, it has more of like a drier, maybe not quite a weedy flavor, but it's got something of a similar characteristic to it. Um, I say, I my be, experience is only with the cold pint or half pint. Right. Yeah, we haven't gotten yeah. into the bottle and, that we have. You know, I've got a bottle of it here, but when we were at Listerman for their 20th anniversary party, they did have it. They had one keg they put on for it. So I had to get a glass of it and it was pretty much, it never made it towards warm. Like yeah, we yeah. had it consumed. It was gone before it had a chance to get warm. We were so only had it nice and cold. <laughs> I had a, I had a lighter beer starting out in the show. Cause I have a case of it and I just need it gone. And I don't beer. Like it. I, I don't like it that much, but I have to. I'm just drinking it to be rid of it. Right. Uh, so the Listerman was a little bit warm when I started. It was still pretty cold, still nice, kind of crisp. Uh, as it warms up a bit, it gets it gets some different flavor profiles in there. It's still pretty good, uh, but I can see maybe a little bit where that 46 into the spectrum is coming from. Like as uh, that particular style, not outstanding. As a beer, amazing. As a beer, it's phenomenal. Yeah, okay. It's it's so good. Uh, and like you can taste the ten percent, like it's it, it's pretty stout, uh, yeah. but it, it's still pretty kind of. It, it's got a nice smooth taste. It just sort of like washes over you. It's just like right in that aftertaste, you have this this sort of dryness to where like I kind of like I, it. It 
half makes me thirsty again, so I need to get another drink. <laughs> the downside hmm. to the bar- the barrel aged stuff, I think. Yeah. So what are you at, Chris? Well, I decided to do myself in. Uh, we've had <laughs> I've had a few bombers in the fridge for a while. This was actually one we tossed in there when you were up last. But oh we yeah, all we didn't got, get to get into most of those bombers. Yeah, yeah, we got trashed out with jury. So we got back here, and then we're like, we just need a minute before we start drinking we're all again. Like, we need water. And then we all fell asleep on the couch. And that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I decided to jump into was Blackbeard's Breakfast from uh, Heavy Seas Beer. And I feel like just, their name should be spelled heavy and then the letter C. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is their bourbon barrel-aged porter brewed with coffee. Ooh. So sort of like... Um... Sort of like some of the Braxton's did blow with a starter. Or... Yeah, with the coffee added. Uh, it's got an ABV, 10%, same as yours. Uh, IBUs coming in at 40, so nothing nothing too intense. But the rate beer score is 99. So we're all living living large on these beers today, is what it comes yeah. down yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> its style score was a 95, I think, so there wasn't a big variation there. Yeah, that's the, that was the thing that caught me with mine, was that usually the, the, the style and the overall beer are close yeah this one yeah that one was that's weird a massive that's warcraft movie variations there yeah (laughs) (laughs) critic versus uh yeah but yeah i have got to say okay since i poured it i've actually re-poured a few times but uh, off of my (laughs) initial pouring uh fresh out of the fridge nice and cold it is it comes off not as a porter at all. It comes off more as a brown ale, which is just the head on this. As uh, Justin heard me remarking in the other room as I was pouring it, <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't hear that. That's what she said on my end, but <laughs> we we imagined it. Oh my god! That the head that came off of this beer when I poured it was that's darker than most imperial brown ales. That's like, also what she said. Not an imperial brown ale head, just that beer. Like, the head on this was darker than that beer. <laughs> Just the head. It was kind of crazy, and it poured like Hershey's syrup. It looks like Hershey's Jesus. syrup. Like, Brittany had to comment, I was like, wow, I didn't know Hershey's was fermenting beverages now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not thick. It tastes, it's very good, though. As you're drinking, it is super carbonated. I don't, I want to get, the liquor store has a bunch more of it. I want to get some and try and age it now in the bottle to see what happens, because it is super carbonated. Like, it was like Coca-Cola carbonated coming out of there at first. It's really calmed down as I let it warm. I feel like if you age that thing, it's it's just going to come out in a solid... Like, you're going to have to cut the glass to get the... <laughs> we should get some... get out of there, and it's going to be like Jello. Yeah. You might One giant Jello sauce. Um, we should at least have some of it ready for beers giving. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, this is the their Uncharted Waters series, the, the 2016. So this is the fresh... You know, I've not aged this at all any more than the time it's spent in the barrel. But yeah, it is... You, there's none of that boozy sting that you can get with some barrel-aged things. That is completely absent, especially when it's cold. When it's cold, you don't get much... It's It really does feel like a brown ale, almost, when you're drinking it really cold. And then it's like a coffee kind of aftertaste on your tongue. And you're like, I didn't get any coffee. Oh, there's some coffee. As you let it warm up, it really starts to take on the porter style then, and the coffee's more up front as it's coming onto your tongue. Um, 
the chocolate notes. I mean, there's no chocolate added or anything, but you sh- you're obviously going to get the chocolate notes from a coffee porter. They're the, they're rather the, strong. I was gonna say this is the thing I love about like heavy beers is that they change as you yeah as you drink them. Like a lot of like, log- like, like most beer changes as it, as it heats up, I guess. But but this is like, encouraged. You get a whole <laughs> new world basically. Yeah. When it comes to porters and stouts. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's the good thing about. It. I didn't get to try it when it was terribly like warm, but other like as soon as it came out, it was it's more like a stout, you know, like a really nice clean stout. It wasn't that thick. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be a porter, and which so it should be much thicker. But you know, a stout is a little bit lighter than a porter would be. And I've been diving through a whole bomber of this, so I am indeed getting bombed. Mm. See, that's, why, that's why we managed to sneak all those D's nuts jokes into the episode. Yeah, I just passed passed off to Brittany so she could have a sip while it's. Do you know what it tastes up. like? Um, have you have you ever had um, have you ever tried any of that? I can't remember the brand's name now that I think about it. It's got bacon in the candy bar, like it's like it's like there is a, a real good dark it's like a rich dark chocolate. That's exactly what are, that tastes like. Are we to talking me. about a candy bar now and not a beer? Yes. Correct. Yes. There's a okay. so the, it's this brand that does kind of the no odd flavors of candy. They're all chocolate variants. Like they have a one. It's just candy one with, bars of stuff in them. You can get them yeah. with bacon bits or like. Uh, only thing chips. is my my sweet tooth isn't strong, so no, oh, I've okay. not had that. Well, so there's this can. It, 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 they have a, a chocolate. It's not dark chocolate. It's just milk chocolate with bacon in it, and it's got like this chocolate but smoky kind of yeah, flavor that, and that's a, what this seems to have to me this really pulled a, a smoky the porter seemed to have pulled a nice smoky flavor out no, of the not barrel. like the um um what style is the fryer bacon again uh, but it's not a bock it's a like a particular kind of oh. bock the smoke variant oh, you know what um, I mean? we, we covered oh. it we talked about it a, a little bit yeah i know what you're talking just Reich the smoky bock beers. or rice something that starts with an r but um Right, smoky no. buck. No, it's not. It doesn't come off like that. It's not like a real deep smoke. I don't feel like I'm drinking not, a yeah, fine not smoky as, scotch. Not as heavy as that, but it does. It has a smoky quality to it. It yeah. definitely tastes. I swear, it tastes like that candy bar. I'm gonna look up that brand. Hold on. No one's no one's coming into the room while you're drinking this beer. Going, did you guys set fire in here? <laughs> like, what's sure. that? Sm- Why does it smell like you're drinking a campfire? What's burning? I mean, we uncorked the scotch. <laughs> <laughs> uncork scotch so my liver <laughs> essentially but yeah it's uh it's amazing i love it i'm putting this up as one of the top beers i've mm. ever had it's very easy to find right now or at least our liquor store has the shelf overflowing with it uh blackbeard's breakfast i would have it for breakfast 10 out of 10 okay i found that candy bar i don't know how to say this name uh Vos- Vosges chocolate. <laughs> it's V O S G E S. I know. I know it sounds like child. Vosges, maybe. Okay, it's V O S G E S. Anyway, if you saw the label, you might be like, "Oh, I recognize that now." But it's milk chocolate bacon bar, and it's it, the reason is it's smoked uncured bacon, and so that's <laughs> that's exactly the kind of taste I'm getting from this beer. Weird. Yeah, it's very uh, delicious candy bar, by the way. If you I'll, I'll have to try it sometime. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know how. To, I know it sounded horrible. I don't know how to say the name of that though. It, I, no, I, I wasn't Vasquez? laughing because of how you mispronounced it. I laughed because it had the because you pronounced it with the word jizz. And again, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, a I got it. Yeah, the jizz whiz. <laughs> the jizz oh, whiz. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like they, that. So that brand makes those kind of candy bars, like like crazy flavors and stuff. They have like a, a pepper one and whatnot, like chipotle pepper. Um, but yeah, that's the, definitely the flavor I'm getting, especially when it warms up. Either way, all we right. all had some. No, it sounds like we've all beers. had some pretty pretty solid beers tonight. No, yeah. well, aside from what I started with. <laughs> what did you start with? Hooray, uh, beer! I started with a red stripe. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I I have a a friend of mine was staying over. He brought a case of red stripe. I mean, if it's I, there, it's it's here. I can't get rid of it, so I'm just going to drink it. And he has to smuggle it out in his stomach. <laughs> uh, it admittedly. It's not as bad as the first time I had Red Stripe. That yeah. that was a bad experience. Well, okay, it just tasted bad. Uh, my my beer palate has changed a bit, so I can appreciate it for what it is. But right. it's it's not what I enjoy. I just need something like a light to get me through the first half of the episode before I broke into Cincinnatus. Oh, the Cincinnatus can't do it to dishonor. Especially no. they only sold it one bottle at a time. Yeah. That's why like, I was like, I have to save this so I can properly describe it near the end of the episode. <laughs> but I didn't want to mute my mic and walk out of the room and come back in and not know where we were. Yeah. Unlike right. me, who just got up and walked away to go get the rest of my bomber. <laughs> I mean, some of us are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, to reiterate the announcement that uh, preluded this episode... We can go ahead and tack that in here again. Uh, attention, Denver, Colorado, and Portland, Oregon. Uh, as previously mentioned, I guess it's been a while since we brought this up. Uh, we, as in we, me and Brittany, uh, Justin will not be heading on this venture with us. But <laughs> nope. via via Hangouts or Skype or another way, he will be a part of it. Uh, we'll be heading to your neck of the woods. <laughs> Uh, the God, beginning... it's going to be really weird when I eat up your all's data from being a computer screen that oh. you carry around. That is all Wi-Fi, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Wi-Fi. If there's no Wi-Fi, you won't, you won't have a presence. <laughs> uh, the beginning of September, we will be there. We need your help on the best stores to load up on local beers. Also, submit to us your recommendations on what beers we should look for. Trust us, we have no idea what the local scenes are like there. So if you can give us some heads up on things we should be looking for or certain breweries we should be looking for in stores, uh, I mean, tell us what stores we should be hitting. Like, there's got to be a big superstore, essentially, like the best place to go and find local brands. Tell them the place they need to go in with a shotgun and a (laughs) ski mask and rob. Give me all the beer. Put it in this bag. (laughs) It won't fit, sir. Put it in this bag. Also, uh, this is uh, particularly important. You have to let us know. If anyone is interested in a meetup, let us know so we can work that out. We're not just going to schedule something and then no one show up and us be there looking like jackasses. Or have beer that we don't necessarily need to bring with us if we don't have to. Yes, we will also, on demand, you have to let us know, again, that you're interested. Uh, The bottle share can be the meetup, but we will... If we know there are people interested in doing a bottle share, we will bring East Coast beers to trade for some of your West Coast beers. Uh, in that list, we will be willing to part with some Founders KBS. Yingling, also. 2016, we will, we will pack some Yingling across if you are so desiring it. 
Uh, we're willing. Know. We're willing to heal the heal the rift caused by <laughs> by Biggie and Tupac. Time to yes. bring our nation together. <laughs> Solidarity. Uh, we will be bringing. Uh, you just have to let us know. I mean, some things you might be looking for that we can get a hold of. Uh, if you really want to try some of Braxton Brewing stuff, our local brewery. Oh yeah, definitely. We will bring crowlers of stuff for you. You just have to let us know. Uh, but. We will be in Denver Friday, September 2nd, mark your calendars, and Portland Tuesday, September 6th. And we that, really want to see you guys in your own local watering holes. So, that seems like those two places are not close. <laughs> they are not. We're, we're crazy. This um, is, uh, this is our, one of our last two big vacations before um, Before babies. we die. Before <laughs> we settle down. So, um, before we can't go anywhere else except Disney World for a while? No, no. The caveat there is uh, the next vacation will be to Disney World when the child is cute. Whenever that happens, I mean, (laughs) we could be waiting 14 years. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Also, fun thing we noticed in the beginning of this, it's uh, those days are equidistant from my birthday. Yay. Yes, during there is. We'll try uh, to bring you back something fun, like we can't, yeah. like you can't find anywhere else. You know, there are four days between Don't those two dates. It. What's happening between those two dates? One, it's Justin's birthday, and we will yeah. not be able to wish him a happy birthday on his birthday because be we will be mauled by wolves in Yellowstone. Correct. We will be backwoods <laughs> camping in Yellowstone and then trying to traverse Idaho to make it to Oregon. You won't be camping. You'll be running for your lives from wild bears and wolves it's trying actually, to kill you. That's like super not helping. I'm, I'm already, actually kind of worried about it. Don't worry about it. I've <laughs> already sorry. faced down wild bears in Northern California, and they they didn't want none. Uh, Brittany, I'm just saying it to be funny. You're you're going to be perfectly safe. No, what's not helping is that he's going gone on about it probably from the beginning. And it was worse when we didn't have to move our campsite because he was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to be near wolves," and I'm like. Great. We're we're out of the wolf territory <laughs> now. It's okay, but, but they're yeah, so no. majestic, and maybe you can you can find a dire she, wolf. She just doesn't right. like that we're now in a geothermic area where gases could build up and drift over if there's low pressure system and, and suffocate us. us in our sleep. That, that no the the uh, mega volcano could blow at any moment. Yeah, I mean I, that would be great. I'd be dead before I knew it. So it's one you know. night in the in anyway. Two nights. But yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, like, well, I guess I'm thinking, like, the main night. Anyway, so, yeah, that's going to be our last vacation together before we do Nerdtacular 2017, because that's the 10th anniversary of Nerdtacular. We can't not go to that. Oh, um, but with our plans, I may or may not be on the way with babies. <laughs> that ego may be prego. At, the, so, at that point, which, yeah, so we'll so, see how so that goes. So West Coasters, if you want to so, drink with us, you probably need to hit us on one of these two dates. Yeah. <laughs> That's, all I'm thinking now is like, man, Chris has to double fist in episodes. I mean, yeah, I'll be drinking for two. And I, I think at that point I'll be like writing down like, okay, what are you trying? How good was that? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, like a list of things to, to catch up on like so many months after <laughs> after the event or whatever. So, yeah, that's that's going to be a thing that might be happening. Yay. But yeah, so um yeah, so we're we're going to hit up all the breweries we can. We're def we know we're that we're definitely going to try to go to Widmere Brothers. Yeah, uh in Portland. We're going to be doing a few tours uh Portland. We will be trying to do Widmere Brothers. If hey, if you want to tag along with again, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to text them a picture go. of me 
the, like smiling so they can just walk me around <laughs> through the thing. I won't see anything, but they can just pretend I'm there. We'll just do like an actual like hangout at the time. Just bring no, Bob along with us. No, just just a single picture where I'm just like <laughs> smiling with a giving a thumbs up, like huh. <laughs> uh, Denver, uh, if you're interested, there will be another date on our return trip. We are coming back to Denver, yeah. but that's really just like a stop to sleep. But on our way through, we are going to New Belgium. And if you're interested in doing that with us, let us know. Yeah. So we, because you have to schedule for theirs, and so we can schedule for the whole group of everyone interested. Um, and again, in- get with us on that date because that is not going to be like a big we're doing stuff with everyone mm-hmm. date, but. Definitely uh, September 2nd in Denver, uh, let us know. And Portland, September 6th, let us know if you're interested. We're, we're going to be in Salt Lake for like a minute. And I don't know how much time we're going to have, but I was really hoping if we have time to go to Uinta and tour their facilities because that would be awesome. But we don't, we're, we're kind of driving in and just really using Salt Lake as a sleeping port. We're sleeping <laughs> then, at the uh, hotel at the airport. Yeah, so we don't know how much time we're going to have. But that's that, that would be the goal if we have time there. So confirmed dates that we're really actually going to have like a whole day in will be Denver and Portland. All right. I think we need to wrap this up. I think the yep. Libyans have found yeah. out that I've not given them uh, actual plutonium. Right. The Libyans! <laughs> Run, Marty! All right, catch up on anything you may have missed at haveadrinkshow.com. You can find our respective untapped profiles there in addition to all of the social media. Look for Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus, and Facebook, and those links are on the website. Tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or use the feedback page on the website. And as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. You can find links to their stuff on the episode page page of the site. And please remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes. Uh, the links to all that can be found on the website. All right. Um, another couple of weeks for the next episode, and I am Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work it in. See you guys next time. Bye.